Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is yours duly, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. My name is Mike Mons. I'm joined by my fellow host, Kat Belor and Rob Humphrey. What's happening, guys? Hey, hey. Sorry, I was yawning. Uh, I'm good. How you doing? Great way to I love the energy, <laughs> Rob. Wonderful. <laughs> it's been a day, all right? That's all I'm going to say. I've had a headache all day. I'm not going to be able to carry you guys. You're going to have to bring it this episode. Cat, what are we going to do? You're going to have to pull your own weight. I guess we're going to have to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're back this week. We have a really cool episode. We have Ben Scrivens from Fright Rags, founder, CEO. He gets into everything Fright Rags, the start of it, his start in the horror, where the company is now licensing with these huge fucking movies that we all love. Ben was also nice enough to create a promo code for the Slash Radio audience and it is Slasher 10. So if you go to Fright Rags right now through the end of August, I believe it expires August 31st, if I remember correctly, you can use the Slasher 10 promo code, FrightRags.com, for 10% off your entire order. Go take advantage of that. And he even chimed in on Murder Madness. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, because I was not here for the discussion that you guys had. Yeah. A little peek behind the... uh the curtain there. I uh, I had to work, uh, and I wasn't able to make it. When I was I was disappointed. I did want to be there uh, on this one because I do love Fright Rags, and I have a lot of stuff from them. It is ironic because you, out of the three of us, you you probably own the most amount of stuff from Fright Rags. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know how much you guys own, but I, I have a lot of stuff from Fright Rags. Yeah, I, that, that's right. I know I... you have a lot. Also, I I've got quite a bit. It's mostly t-shirts, but... <laughs> I was going to say, and I, I've bought across uh, their product lines, too. Like, obviously, I have a ton of socks from Fright Rags. I have a bunch of shirts. I have, um, I don't know, probably half dozen pair of their lounge pants. Um, I've got action figures from them. I've bought pint glasses from them. i got all sorts of stuff that come from Fright Rags. I did mention the PJ pants. I will oh, say, those... Rob probably has a wider variety of things, but I... <laughs> just in dollar amounts... <laughs> We're probably pretty close. Yeah. The um the the lounge pants, by the way, I think people sleep on those things. Haha, <laughs> you get it? 
um, but they are incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you can't beat a good pair of PJ pants, man. You yeah. can't. I'll go out in them, too. I don't care. Well, I mean, we're trying to run a society here, so I don't do that. But <laughs> Coming from the guy that wears Crocs, I don't... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know how they do things in Long Island, but, you know, around here, we, we like to wear pants out. Long Island is a little bit known for pajama pants, people going out in them. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't lie. I got really upset because YouTube recommended a video to me the other day that was like DIY goth Crocs. And I was like, I know Rob is responsible for this somehow. Rob's responsible for everything. Let's Crocs are amazing. You guys need to get on board. <laughs> no, I won't. The, you're missing the train. They're so comfortable. And, they, and stylish. No. <laughs> Just <laughs> no. All right. So we uh, we have that interview with Ben Scrivens that you're going to hear later on. We do have a couple things to get to before we kick you over to that. As always, we're going to go through drink roll call. We are going to go through horror news, which is still light. We've had a pretty good stretch of light horror news, but I figured it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to go through some horror news and to go through some of our favorite things on Fright Rags. Okay. Topical. Sounds good. So what are you guys drinking so we can get drink roll call going? I am drinking Long Island iced tea in a can. Ooh. Twisted tea? Uh, yes. Oh, nice. I, I love twisted teas. I am uh, sick, and I but I was bullied last week for drinking water, so. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah water. You, you deserve. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, if you recall last week, I talked about uh, this uh, Hilton Head spiced rum that i have and how i thought it might be good uh just over some ice you know mm-hmm. and uh but what i learned about myself uh earlier tonight is uh i'm not the kind of guy who's made of the the kind of uh stuff that you need to just drink liquor straight apparently um, <laughs> uh, hats off to to all of you out there who can do that but uh it's just not me so i took what uh what i had in my rocks glass and a few ice cubes and dumped it into a normal size glass and threw some diet pepsi in that bitch all right all right well <clears throat> i am one of those people who drink liquor straight and last night and tonight i well last night more so than tonight but for the most part i i don't think it, it's cheating too much i'm drinking tequila in a glass That's oh nice. yeah right. Te- Last night I was drinking straight tequila and ice. That's mm-hmm. it. And uh, tonight I put a, a little splash of grenadine in it. All right. What kind of tequila you got? Uh, I don't know. No, you got a hangover coming your way, friend. No, it's not. I don't remember because it was on sale mm-hmm. when I went, and it was like a couple months ago that I went, and I just knew the, the tequila bottle and poured it. So mm-hmm. I don't even know what it was, but I remember it like it it's not cheap tequila because okay. I've had right. it a couple times. All right. Yeah, you can't have cheap tequila if you're drinking it like that. No, and that's why I got it because it was on sale and I was like, oh, okay, I'll save a little bit of money. And you know, it's not Patron, which I prefer, but it's not cheap tequila. So mm-hmm. you know, the bottle's almost gone. Let's put it that yeah. way. And it's not that bad. But boy, does it work. Yeah. So I am the kind of person that will drink straight liquor, but tequila will fuck me up. Like I would never just have a glass of tequila. Tequila is dangerous, and I have I have done it with tequila in the past. Um, and yeah, it'll sneak right the fuck up on you. Yeah. Um. 
let's hurry through this episode because <laughs> the clock's a ticking. He's either going to poop or black out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know which order. Hopefully a favorable one. And if not, then we'll hear about it on Patreon next week. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash slash your radio. Uh, all right. Are you guys ready to get into the news? Ready. Mm-hmm. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's time to hump the news with Rob Humphrey. He's not a genius. Like I said, there's not a huge amount of news. We can blow through a good amount of these, but, you know, it's a, it's a little heavier than normal. I found a couple extra things that I forgot about. Uh, this one, pretty quick, Evil Dead Rise has officially hit $100 million in the box office worldwide. Look for that. Woo-hoo. Did you see it yet, Mikey? No. No, of course you didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, it's kind of my fault. I was meaning to watch it this week. It got away from yeah, it's kind kind of your fault. Yeah, what are you gonna? But <laughs> by, by okay, by next week's episode, I will have seen Evil Dead. Yeah, my work. All right, good. When no one else is talking about the movie, you will see it. Okay, good. I don't need people to talk about it for me to enjoy. <laughs> the me thing. I know, but you know, you're gonna bring it to the show, and then we're gonna want to talk about it. But everybody else has already covered it, so. Exactly. So, what the hell? Who cares? All right. That, that's the thing too. Like I, I like for the the smoke to clear. I've always said that. I enjoy the smoke to clear before I watch something because so many people are saying so many different things. I, I want a clear experience going in. I, I and to my default, my detriment here, there have been times I've done that and just never got around to watching it because you know I just I don't know time has gone by. But they, I will see it by next week. I promise. Yeah. Well, there's a rumor going around about uh, because of the success of Evil Dead Rise that there is maybe a plan to do a new Evil Dead movie every couple of years. And I don't like that. 
I don't like that because yeah. they take their time with their movies, and, right, I, and they, I think that makes a difference. Yeah, they yeah. get it right. Um, I know, Cat. You, you. I don't like the 2013 movie as much as the other movies in the franchise, but I still like it. Yeah. Um, Cat, you seem to to not like it at all. I um, yeah, I don't like. I, I like it when I don't think of it as an Evil Dead movie. That helps yeah. a lot. I've realized. I've rewatched it like this last week. Um. And it, just not thinking of it as part of the franchise goes a yeah. long way to my enjoyment of it, but it's nowhere near as good as the other. Right, but I, I think that they haven't made a bad movie in the franchise yet, and I think part of the reason for that is because they take their time and they make sure they get it right. Yeah. And if it becomes one where they're just going to start pumping out a movie every couple of years because it has the name Evil Dead on it and it will do good box office. That is going to kill this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. The reason it does well in the box office is because we don't get one every year. And it's an right. event when we get one. And <clears throat> I just want to mention, and this isn't a knock to Friday the 13th because this is all the big franchises. The years that the Friday the 13th movies came out, 1980, 81, 82, 84, 85, 86, 88, 89, 93, 2001. When you get when when they become normal, there's nothing special there anymore. Yeah, and I understand we want to see them because they're great and we love them. But you know, when you start putting stuff out for the sake of putting stuff out, that's not the way to go. I hope they don't do that. With the exception of Saw, Saw historically did better <laughs> oh, when it was coming out. <laughs> every no, hear me out. Saw did better when it was coming out every year because there was like the extra year break before final chapter and that didn't go over well and then there was like the longer break between that and jigsaw which went over a little bit worse and then there was like a decade between that and spiral and look how that turned out if they want to start pumping out saw movies every year again i think it might be in their best interest <laughs> but the difference is the evil dead movies were good from the get-go saw was always just sort of middling from the get-go and just got worse um no <laughs> <laughs> I will repeat what I said it last week. I love when Saw comes up on the show, and I get to just sit back and watch. That one was just for you, because you've had a tough day. <laughs> Pat throwing up fucking softballs here. A uh, hundred million, though, nonetheless, like that, that, that's a good number for our movie. Yeah. yeah. I or also any... feel vindicated, because a lot of the people that were on my case last week about my Evil Dead Rise hot take... Uh, have come around on it so i've heard a lot of people say that they don't like this one as much as the 2013 one um what i'm thinking though is that in a lot of those cases it's uh younger people or newer horror fans who didn't grow up with the like that was their evil dead you know yeah which um, i i feel kind of betrayed by my generation because i've noticed a lot of people around my age like really come into bat for 2013 and it's like I, it, and that does kind of seem to be the thing where it's like i didn't have an emotional attachment to evil dead at that time like i didn't grow up with the franchise or i didn't like the franchise and then 2013 came out and you know it felt like part of my childhood and it, <laughs> and it's like i was 18 like i was a full adult when evil dead 2013 came out i don't know <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people with, with what's wrong with horror fans that by 18 they weren't already invested in evil dead like that's just their parents did them a disservice i think at that point 
anytime Kat tries to explain like how old she was when something <laughs> happened, it just makes me feel that much older. I was 24. Yeah, I was uh, 37. Yeah, my son was six years old. <laughs> if I had a kid and they wanted to say that Evil Dead 2013 was their favorite because, you know, it was like the more recent one when they were growing up, that I might, like, that's an age difference I could kind of understand. But, like, I just, by the time I was 18, I was a huge Evil Dead fan already, you know? Like, that's why I was there at the theater. Yeah, my son loves the Evil Dead movies. Cat, uh, t- no, you can't. You think you can, but then one day your daughter <laughs> tells you that the Nightmare on Elm Street remake was better than the original movies, and all your logical thought goes out the window. <laughs> On it, I could promise you. <laughs> you think you get you're ready for shit? Yeah, that might be fair. Yeah, Evil Dead. By the way, Evil Dead Rise uh, had a budget around twenty million, so that's awesome. Oh, so it's made its money back. <laughs> yeah, a couple times over, yes. Yeah. And this was a movie, remember, that was originally slated to go straight to HBO Max. That's, I didn't understand that. Well, no, that's stupid. That, that's so dumb. Like, I get yeah. releases are different now, but they're not that different for a movie like this. And it not deserves... for something like this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't understand how movies go to streaming services and make money. Like, I don't even pretend to know how that works. But I feel like they would have left a shit ton of money on the table by not putting it in theater. Yeah. This is going to go to streaming service now anyway. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, that's that, that's just something that I've noticed the last uh, since Evil Dead Rise came out. And I've been listening to podcasts and people talk about it. It's a lot of younger people really seem to go into bad. Like 2013 is the best in the franchise. And they were disappointed by this one. I've also noticed that, and it's driving me crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit of that, uh, uh, the uh, sort of the opposite of that Scream uh, 6 effect, where that drove me nuts that I had to hear about how, how everyone talked about how good it was. Having to hear yeah. people talk about how this one's not that good, and compared to a movie that is inferior to it, is is driven me nuts. It, it's made me want to go see Evil Dead Rise again. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Can't wait to see it. Mikey's going to come back and be like, it's not as good as 2013. <laughs> I might, man. I like that 2013. That's the one he grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. I was 24. Uh, next, uh, next thing to talk about is The House of a Thousand Corpses. 20th anniversary Blu-ray is out right now. Oh, man. I can't wait to not buy that. Oh, Rob, you're out of your mind. I just sent it to you guys in the group chat. Everybody listening, you can go oh, this, to what? This looks great. Right. You can go to Bloody Disgusting or even, I think it's on Amazon too. Uh, oh man, that looks like exactly the kind of thing I will not spend money on. It is also on Amazon, so you can go check that out. Rob, look. I, if they had this for the monsters, you would buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's a better movie. Watch your mouth, man. Come on. Look, we've we've had this Rob Zombie argument so many times over, but Rob, look at this set. Honestly, like, would that be the worst thing in the world to own? Like, look at everything. That would be that would be terrible. Come on, man! If somebody gave it to me, then I would be excited to be able to throw it in the dumpster. Dude, it's thirty (laughs) five dollars. They're not even charging a ridiculous amount of money for that. That's a good price for it. Yeah, yeah, that is a good price. Look, if you're a fan of this movie and you like this movie. 
uh, one, you have terrible taste, but two, for 35 bucks, it's oh. a pretty good pickup. I'm buying this, so you know. You're an idiot. I'm not an idiot, man. $35. Like I said, it, whether you like it or not, aside, this, I mean, it's a huge movie in the genre. It's not a good movie, though. But it's a huge movie in the genre, and it's a 20th anniversary, and you get more than your money's worth for $35. A regular Blu-ray can sometimes cost about that, just for the, the case and the Blu-ray. Well, you can get it and be happy if you want. Get it with me. I just uh, I just bought the 4K version of Maximum Overdrive. So how much you spend? It was like uh, eighteen bucks, I think, or something. It was on sale. So you double that and you get all this. That's not bad. Mm. And I don't want. Sale. I don't want all that though. Your collection is forever tarnished and not recognized within all collections of the world because you don't own them. That's fine. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Let's hope you uh, had a little more dignity in your collection, but all right, uh, fine. And speaking of Rob Zombie, though, and I don't know if you had this coming up or not, Mike. I don't know what you had in news, but did you see the the new series from Waxwork Records? No. God this is it. a Rob Zombie thing I might be interested in. They've started a series called Rob Zombie Presents, and they are releasing um, classic horror film soundtracks selected by Rob Zombie. Mm. Um, for release the first one's available right now and it is the soundtrack this the score to white zombie the movie wow and just like all waxwork cool. releases it looks fantastic yeah and i'm about to look it up now yeah i, I bet that uh i mean i don't know how many they're planning on doing but this is apparently some new series they're gonna do uh where rob zombie's gonna Ooh. sort of select these releases for it oh that and looks great they're gonna, they're gonna put them out Oh man, that looks awesome. There's also an Evil Dead Rise on here too. Yeah, they have the Evil oh, Dead wow. Rise. Yeah. That looks so good. Holy shit. Cat, look at this. They got cocaine bear you can get. Yeah, I'll skip over that. The thing is back in stock. Although that breakaway um the ice one is sold out already. That thing sells out in a hurry every time they release it. The vinyl's white for cocaine bear. That's funny. Oh, yeah, the Evil Dead Rise one looks phenomenal. Right? Look at the fly on the eye and everything. Guys, go, go to waxworksrecords.com. Like, you know, it, it, yeah. if you're a horror fan, and and honestly, like, I don't play mine often at all. I, I know Rob will listen to his, like, on repeat, but even just to have them, like, they are incredible art pieces, if, you know, as well as great music. You know, like, you. You get your money's worth. And the Evil Dead Rise one is 40 bucks. I mean, that that's not tremendously pricey for what you're getting. This looks great. No, I mean, at this point, records have gotten so expensive that 40 bucks isn't even that outrageous for a double LP on its own. But the job that Waxwork does with the packaging and, and their pressings always sound really good. Uh, it's, it's a really good price. The artwork on this Evil Dead Rise thing is incredible. Wow. Damn. Mm. Oh, by the way, speaking of DVD collections, I want you to know, Rob, mm -hmm. uh, on my shelf, the Leprechaun box set that I have comes before the Friday the 13th box set. That's, that's just wrong. Just letting you know. I mean, first of all, who, who the fuck doesn't put their movies in alphabetical? I don't. That's um, insanity. Do you, Kat? No, I, I put them in order of quality. That is 
absurd cat. But but like I do put like series and directors together usually, so that they're a little bit easier to find. Uh, So like the Tim Burton is not all over the fucking place because each of those movies is a wild card. (laughs) Yeah. Now I I have a I have a shelf that I have set up now that has um uh, my. Uh, well, the Evil Dead box set that I have is uh, just sort of on a shelf on its own with some other horror stuff around it. And then I have uh, the Universal Monsters set, the Friday the 13th set, and the Halloween set that I own all together on one shelf. But then everything else just goes alphabetically. My pain in the ass is when I get a new DVD, it's a bitch to put it in there, like in the collection, because I have like masks on top of it. I have shit in front of it. Uh-huh. So, like, it's a real pain in the ass when I get a new DVD. We'll move all that shit out of there. What are you doing? Well, no, it's all horror stuff. Like, I have my my little Freddy thing on there. I have my Funko Pops on there. My my um, the Hellraiser box is on there. It makes sense. Hellraiser box. Yeah. The lament configuration. Not the lament configuration. You got one of those. Yeah. Hmm. I showed it to you. You don't pay attention to anything. I don't remember what you buy. I don't know. I can't I can't even remember the shit that I buy. I went to a record store day and I was real excited to pick up this Coco Taylor record that they were releasing for record store day. And I got home and I threw it on the turntable and I was listening to it. It's a great album and I was excited and I went to put it in my collection. I already owned the fucking thing. That's funny <laughs> as shit. Uh, next thing to talk about is the asymmetrical horror game called Last Year is relaunching and it's free to play. Oh, uh, never exciting. heard of it. Yeah, me either. But apparently it's an alternative to Dead by Daylight, very similar to that. I did look into it because I might give it a try. It looks Get them great. on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah <right. laughs> Speaking of that, we can confirm later... This month, early next year, I don't know when we'll be able to drop the episode. We will be having Matthew Cote from Dead by Daylight, one of the top developers uh, with behavior. He will be on the show. And we're going to have him fight the guy from Asymmetrical. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just say later this month or early next year? Did I? Yeah. That is a wide fucking range, my friend. <laughs> I, I'm drinking tequila straight. <laughs> Late this month, early next month. God damn right. you too. I told you the clock is ticking. You didn't believe me. Or next year. <laughs> or next year. Whenever the fuck. Hopefully it'll be on next year again. So you have that to look forward to. That'll be fun. But I mean, I'm going to give last year a chance. Like, I know you guys aren't into, um, into games like that. But, you know, it it's interesting. It looks like something fun to do with friends. I've been building up my colony of Rob Vale. (laughs) Which might be featured on Patreon. It might be. It might be. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of horror games, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Everyone's looking forward to that. Gun Interactive. They have revealed details of the technical test that I believe is going on in September. Yeah, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, oh, eight, uh, August 18th. I'm sorry. And then the... Uh, oh, no, the game comes out August 18th. So the technical test is, I think, about a month and change before that. Uh, I really hope I get into that. 
I hope you do too. What does that mean? You just play a buggy ass version of the game? Um, well, it's not meant to be buggy, but it's meant to see if there are bugs. And mm-hmm. um, it seems, from what they've said, it look it it seems to be more of a stress test. Oh, okay. Than anything, but I'm sure that's in there too. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. Hopefully, you get in. Yeah, we have that to look forward to. Rob, I am hoping I'm going to get you to spend some money because if you don't, again, you have another collection that is tarnished forever. Mecca is releasing John Carpenter's The Thing figure. The the dog? I saw this. Are you going to buy this? Um, Probably. I don't know when (laughs) when it comes out, but probably, yeah. Estimated ship date for this is September 2024. So, yeah, I'll probably be picking one of these bad boys up. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It looks phenomenal. It's really fucking gross. But, um, yeah, that I imagine that will go into the collection, yes. It's one figure with, like, eight different alterations. Yeah. That's it's wild. like a Transformer, but also a nightmare. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I uh, The only NECA figure I've bought so far is the Thing figure that I have from the poster. Oh, yeah, the one that lights up, right? Yeah, yeah, no. although I can't figure out how to make it light up. now you took it out of the box you said right yeah okay so i'm assuming this is also going to be out of the box Uh, yeah yeah. there are like i said eight different alterations you can somehow do with this fucking thing what do you have one you would lean with everybody go to bloody disgusting and neca you can see no i already closed the thing okay well will you change it up at least i mean maybe I might change it up every now and then, you know, maybe I'll look at it and be like, no, nah, let's do something different with that or something, you know? But for the most part, it'll probably, I'll probably pick the one I like the best and that'll be where it is the most, you know? That's fair. Like it might just be the regular dog because the rest of it's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, you got a weird, just a figure of a dog. Like, yeah, look what I can do. And it just turns into a bloody spider. Yeah. But I said it like, like, so the thing uh, that I have, the poster one is like, the figure is out of the box and on a stand but it's set up right in front of the box so you know what, exactly what the fuck it is Okay Rob and I have two very different strategies because I would leave it on the grossest configuration and then when people would be like, what the fuck is that? I'd be like, a dog? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that one I'll probably I'll probably pick that up Nice, you are a figure guy yeah, I kind of am. I've got figures coming from Fright Rags. There you go. <laughs> Beetlejuice 2. Danny Elfman teases that he's returning to the uh, for the score of the Tim Burton sequel. All right. That's cool. You know who I trust to make a movie right now? <laughs> Not Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Danny Elfman's a, a, you know, that's a home run for your score. I will say the score is going to be exceptional. Yeah. Well, my favorite, uh, my favorite Danny Elfman story is uh, about how he was mad at Prince because Prince did the motion picture soundtrack for the Tim Burton's Batman movie, and Danny Elfman did the score, and Prince turned his around in like two days or something. <laughs> and Danny Elfman was mad. He's like, "Make me look bad." <laughs> That's funny shit. But yeah, I mean, you know, anybody, especially. Like bringing someone back when you're doing something like this, we haven't seen it seen it so long, and you're coming back. It's a big deal. And the more familiar faces you can bring back, both in front of and behind the camera, is great. 
but mm-hmm. especially when they know what the fuck they're doing is so much and when it means they can make it mean something yeah as opposed to just hey look who's back and who fucking cares Halloween the last thing I had to talk about is that Marvel Studios has shut down pre-production on the Blade Re- interesting yeah well, I wonder why uh, the feature project, uh, which has already been paused once before, becomes the first. Uh, oh, the strike. Oh, I was going to bring that up, actually, before we wrap news anyway, that the writer's strike. Yeah. You know, it, it's not something that we see the effects of right away. Um, but if it goes on too long, we will we will start to see the effects of that. Yeah, um, big the only the only place that you see it right now is like late night television and like maybe Saturday Night Live. Like I don't even know if they had a show this week. Wow, like I, um, I don't know what they did. And late night TV usually goes into reruns, um, but those are shows that you know are written. I mean, a late night show they're writing a new show every day. So when the Writers Guild goes on strike, they basically have to shut down immediately. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm certain that I I can't imagine Saturday Night Live had a show either. I can't imagine. Last week tonight, uh, I think is planning on doing a show, but they like all of their writers are unionized and paying well and like Well, so here's here's what happens a lot of times. Um when, when shows do that, their show suffers anyway because they're not using their full staff of writers. It's all it's if the guild yeah. goes on strike, then everybody has to go on strike. Um but but sometimes They'll get around it by, like, the producers will help write the show or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there are ways around it, um, but it, in general, it's, you know, things suffer. I mean, I, you know, the lo- I don't remember the longest strike they had, but I do remember a couple that have gone on for a really long time. And that's when it really starts to affect, you know, movies and, and even, you know, scripted television shows. The longer it goes the- on, the more impact it has on them. One that really kills me. This is a way, way old grievance. But they were in, uh, like, I used to watch Bones. Bones was oh, in yeah. its most interesting arc during the writer's strike, during, like, the last big one. And it completely derailed that entire season. And they never, like, it went for another ten seasons or whatever. It never quite got back on track from that. Because the pacing was just all over the goddamn place. Interesting. And then they had to, like, scramble. Yeah. Interesting that you would say that. Because I remember, I didn't watch the show Bones when it was on. But I, I caught up with it later on streaming. And I really was enjoying it. And then at some point, it was like it hit a wall and it just sucked. Yeah, they got rid of, like, their best character as kind of a solution to the writer's strike. Because they were mm-hmm. like, we don't know how they were going to end this. So they ended up just, like, <laughs> writing out one of their best characters. And then they didn't know how to fix it. But they're like, it's okay. Because we'll replace him with a crew of, like, six other people that are worse. Yeah. <laughs> and rotating it out. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah, that show went downhill. Uh... Yeah. And I blame fully the writer's strike. <laughs> Well, don't blame like the writers. You can never blame the writers. No, no, just the strike. I well, yeah, the I, I, I blame the. It's typically the producers guild that they go on strike with, or whatever the producers. Um, I blame whoever made them strike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I grew up in a union household, so I'm always pro union. Uh, also pro union. Uh, I mean, whether you're pro union or not, I mean, if you if you're doing a good job, you should be compensated. 
and I mean, I, I understand it, it, the, the the companies and production companies and all these things that make these shows and movies are making so much money, especially, you know, the top tier ones, the ones that are mostly affected by this stuff. Mm -hmm. Why even greedy, man? Pay the people mm. like without them, you obviously have nothing. Right. And that's the funny Disgusting. thing, too. It seems like it's always the writer's guild. Yeah. <laughs> that it ends up having to go on strike to get what it wants, right? Because they like, think anyone can do it. It's never fucking SAG. It's never the Director's Guild that you hear about. No. I mean, you might hear about, like, you know, rumblings that they might go on strike or whatever, but it seems to never happen. The only one that ever seems to actually have to strike is the Writer's Guild. Because that's a fuck around and find out thing. It's like, all right, you don't need us, you don't have it? Okay. And then nothing gets done. I'm honestly surprised, like, it took this long for the Writers Guild to strike, because they quote-unquote won the last one, but they didn't get any of the things they were asking for. So it's like, the fact that we're that it took this long to come around again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's disgusting, man. You're making all this money, and, you know, anybody who has a part in making what you made should be involved with, with that type of success as well. I mean, it, it, especially like right, like these shows aren't going on, right? Yeah, for a reason. Like they're this is a, they play a very important role in what you're doing. Like stop fucking them over. Agree. But yeah, uh, so Blade. I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. It's come up in the news. Like Blade, it, it's Marvel. I'm not excited for I'm, it. As I'm surprised that they had to shut that down though because of the strike. That seems like the kind of thing that they wouldn't start production on until the script was finished. It's Marvel. I know, but no, they, don't they? They seem like they would be the kind of company that wouldn't go into production until they had a finished script. To me, like it's usually like smaller films that you find that on. You know, movies that don't yeah. have a lot of budget where they're rewriting shit as they're shooting and everything. I would imagine they they have so much to do effects and everything else, and they like to put shit out fast, which I don't agree with, but. Who knows I was gonna say, up. with as much stuff as Marvel greenlights, who yeah. knows where they're at with any given thing? Yeah. You know? Well, that that's the first movie that I've heard that's had to shut down because of it, but, you know, the longer it goes on, the more that we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. People put work in, man. Pay them. Period. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had for news. News went on a little longer than I thought it would, but uh, Fright Rags, we got Ben Scrivens coming up, joining the show. Uh, where do you fucking begin, dude, on this website? Well, I think we begin with the Gabagooly Mystery Corner. Yeah. And trying to slide right past it. You're going to piss me <laughs> off before I got to talk about this? Uh-huh. Hold on. Where's my fucking button? <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Oh, shit. Huge I didn't penis. mean to hit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Allie. Actually, I'm not. That's pretty funny. Fucking, I'm going to do it again. Found penis. All right. Here's my... This is the Gabagoli Mystery Corner where our wonderful listeners submit anonymous Italian memes making fun of me for being Italian for the sole purpose of me just to react on the show. This is celebrating your heritage. <laughs> no, it's a form of bullying. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. This should have been dead a couple weeks after it began, but here we are. We describe them on the show. Mm -hmm. The memes go up on Patreon. I, I like to wait to check them because I don't like 
This one's a pretty good one. I like it. <laughs> Keep calm and forget about it. And it's got the Godfather above it. I mean, this is a pretty mid meme. You think? Yeah. All right. No. Well, because you tried to skip Gabagooly Mystery Corner, I, I actually have a bonus for you. <laughs> what? Wait a minute, what? There's, no. there's a spinoff. It's called Gabagooly Mystery Threat. <laughs> what? <laughs> also oh, anonymously to... submitted by listeners. Oh, of course it was. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> One, two, gabagool, I'm going to drown you in a pool. What the fuck is this, <laughs> man? I'm being threatened on the show. You sure are. Do I need to report this? Yeah, I, I just know. wasn't sure where to slide this in. Uh, Sitting on this one for a little while. <laughs> yeah. But why did it two? It's a strange <laughs> picture, too. Yeah, I, I don't know how to describe this. It looks no. like an Italian dude. With like a, a chef. chef's hat. Yeah. I don't know, jumping <laughs> in a pool with a red thing in it. It's fucking weird. Yeah. I don't know how to even describe it. I don't like this. No, that is, that is weird. Why did I get two? I don't know. Are you guys... You tried uh, to skip the Gabagooly mystery corner. Oh, I tried to skip point. it. Good point. You tried to, tried to get, get out of it. Are you guys ready for this week's Tony Danza fun no, fact no, of the no, week? No. Yeah. You said you wouldn't do it again this week. <laughs> Did, Did he ever say that, though? Yes, he came right out and said it. Okay, no more next week. You, he right, said I that. I don't remember saying that, but I already did the work for this one, so let's use it, and then, and then we, won't, we won't do it again, okay? Stick around or don't. I don't know what to tell you anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. But that's it. No more Tony Danza stuff next week. Uh, I have you on record now. No more. No more. No more. Not okay. What the fuck? No, you said no more. Tony Danza plays the role of Mel Clark, a baseball player in Angels in the Outfield. Wow. Who cares? Well, there you go. That is that is the Tony Danza fun fact of the week. And also, we got uh, we got sent a few things here. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, to go along. I, hold on. Yes. <laughs> I already right now, as of right now, got. Two gabagoolies for whatever reason, mm -hmm. and a dance already. Why is there more? It's supposed to be one. This is like this is just this is a, these are sent anonymously, but, uh, to to celebrate uh, Mr. Mr. Tony Danza's uh, and your Italian American heritage. But do you realize? I, I understand this week's a bad week for whatever fucking reason, Cat. But do you notice how <laughs> when Cat does it, she gets them and she waits, and each week we do one. <laughs> right, yeah, I know, I know. Cat and I have very different styles. Yeah, you know, clearly. Like I would have a regular dog, and Cat would have a split and half dog. Um, <laughs> you know, this is just two different styles of doing things. This is unfucking believable. Is that even Tony Danza? That came in totally anonymous. <laughs> I understand there is someone who would like to report some Danzas. Do do they not know it's illegal to not recognize who's the boss? That doesn't even look like it's a cop. I, that doesn't even look like Tony Danza. Oh, all right. Well, what about this one? What? <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> Again, anonymous submission. I don't know who sent that. 
Yes, you do. <laughs> well, it's completely anonymous. No, it, well, it, to me it is. To you, it's not. Yeah, but that is a, a picture of Tony Danza hugging a uh, a possum. A very realistic possum. Yes, with yeah. definite all... possum features. That's not <laughs> a possum. And we also got this one. You said two. Disrespecting <laughs> Tony Danza. It's anti-Italian discrimination. See? This doesn't even have anything to do with anything. It's talking about your disrespect for Tony Danza. It's talking about me not caring about Tony Danza. Tony Danza is an Italian-American icon. He's the patron saint of all Italian-Americans, and you keep keep acting like he's not. It's very disrespectful. No. And then another, the last one, totally anonymous, we have no idea where this came from, is a follow-up, just reiterating... This week's Tony Danza fun fact. Allie, you son of a bitch. We don't know. We don't know. These are going to go into our ebook. <laughs> yeah. Could be could be Allie. Could be totally somebody else. We don't know. This is literally the... I, I'm going to just go ahead and tweet one of these so that our listeners get a little more context. Yay! As I... Well, no. You know what? Never mind now. Catherine, <laughs> I'm not fucking shit. Oh, they go up fuck. on Patreon, though. It, 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 it's just our logo... A black and white picture of Tony Danza, and it says Tony Danza fun facts, and it's just the fact that Rob spews out about Tony Danza. I don't know why. Like you two are conspiring, and I don't like it. I don't know who would I be conspiring with. We don't even know. These are completely anonymous. Allison Surreal is who you are conspiring. Little Miss, huge clown penis. Could be. Could be Allie. Could be anybody. There are. Uh, how many billion of people on this planet? It could be any one of them. If I ever did brag, I would want my name to be Little Miss <laughs> Giant Clown Penis. What's the thing? <laughs> that giant, was fantastic. It's, it's huge. huge clown. Huge. huge clown penis. Rob. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. Th- that's all you got? I would hope that's so. You sound like eight of them. No, there was just a few. I have a few more if you want them. <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't. You said no more last week. I know. I, I I don't. I don't think I did. I don't remember saying that. But that's it. All right. We won't do any more. Pat, you heard him, right? Yes. All right. So we're all in agreement. This fucking ends now. Is done. Yeah. We are out of Tony Danza fun facts. That's right. No more Tony Danza fun facts. Whether we're out of them or not, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. We're not doing them anymore. Well, there are no more. So you're safe. Yep. No more. Not not going to do it anymore. Never again. Okay. Till next week. What? Nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get a lawyer. <laughs> oh, you're, you're all screwed. I'm gonna start my own practice. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll help me out. <laughs> I just had two cabagolis this week. You knew I was gonna get a handful of damn. I I actually didn't know you were gonna get a handful Cats. of damn. We don't talk record, about this. Look, beforehand. the gabagoli gabagoli mystery corner and Tony Danza fun fact are two separate things. Yeah. They're run in two separate different ways. Cat likes to hold on to them and dish them out slowly. Yeah. I like to just throw everything I got and get it off my phone and off my plate and out there. Oh, and, and I understand that you're a bigger butthole than Cat. That's understood. But the <laughs> point is, Cat knew I was going to get a handful of Danzas, and she still gave me multiple gabagoolies. Okay, well, first of all, you tried to skip it, which meant that you qualified for the gabagoolie mystery thread. That's and true. second of all, I one of these weeks rob is going to forget about the tony danza thing he's not gonna have a bunch to send you and you know that could have been this week i didn't know 
Right. It I mean, look, these, but it these been. are sent in by listeners anonymously. So maybe one week nobody will send anything, and then I won't have anything. Just a fun fact to read. You just said no more. Yeah, no more. Till next week. We need, to, we need new listeners. Yeah, if you'd like to listen to our show and maybe send in some Tony Danza <laughs> fun facts. Don't send in Tony Danza fun facts. Biden, that pool of people who know fun facts about Tony Danza. Just pull, like the fight that we have to get through and anybody, I'm not just saying just us, content creators in general, that have to, the, the battle that it is to get people to even give their stuff a chance, let alone support via Patreon or whatever else. That's a whole nother fucking war. And then like shit like the slashies were out here begging for fucking votes and everything. Mm-hmm. This, maybe the slashies should come with memes. <laughs> that's not a bad popular. idea. That's, that's, you can only vote via meme. Yeah, wildly <laughs> popular, apparently, fuckers. We have a meme interpreter counting slashy votes. <laughs> can we talk about Fright Rags now? Yeah. All right. Well, that we're we're just yet? waiting on you. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. You're playing around. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I figured it would be fun in preparation for uh, for Ben to come on the show and talk about Fright Rags that we would just quickly go through some of the stuff that, I mean, they, I don't know where to begin. They have so many licenses, so many great products. Uh, do you guys have any favorites that stick out? Uh, So... One of my favorites, I've got the uh, Shaun of the Dead hoodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a zip-up. It's very comfy. I wear it over stuff all the time. Uh, and also, the shirt that I'm wearing right now is uh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't even know they did Cabin in the Woods stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I have from them uh, a lot of Joe Bob stuff. They do. Oh, uh, they partner with Joe Bob, and they have released... A ton of stuff, um, including a new shirt for each of his uh, seasons uh, on Shutter, and um, they usually do one for all of his specials as well. Um, so I will usually pick those up. Um, I mentioned the uh, the pajama pants, super comfortable. I got a pair of Halloween jammy jams that I like to wear uh, that are nice. I've got uh, also a Universal Monsters pair that, that's super sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought uh, you know one of my Tom Atkins shirts came from Fright Rags. Oh, great! Yeah, the one that just says "Thrill Me" with him uh, oh, on on it. Uh, so I like uh, I like you know obviously that's awesome. Um, they have done these Halloween figures that are really really cool. I I really like those. I've got those on my shelf. Um, those have stayed in their packaging because they're they're like on the cardboard thing, you know. Mm. Uh, and they just released the second wave. So the first wave was Lori, Linda, and Michael. Um, and now they've released the second wave, which is Dr. Loomis, Sheriff Brackett, and Annie. Um, okay. so I've got uh, I've got those pre-ordered, the second wave. And um, the first wave is already on my shelf. But, I mean, they've got so many different products and so many different licenses. Yeah. Uh, that is just crazy. You know, one of the things that I keep hoping that they'll reap reprint actually is they used to have it they had a shirt from halloween 3 that was um like a comic book drawing of tom atkins yelling into the phone at the end you know the stop it stop it that scene 
And mm. I really wish they'd reprint that one, but they haven't yet. Because it sold out before I got a chance to buy it. I I I like I said, I don't know where to begin on picking a favorite. Man, <clears throat> their Alfred Hitchcock collection though is out of this world. They have yeah. a psycho hoodie that I am probably going to buy. And it's one of like the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh they have just a picture of Alfred Hitchcock like sitting at a desk with the the a film ream around them. That they, they hit the nail on the head with the Hitchcock stuff. Yeah, the Hitchcock stuff is cool. Yeah. Um, um, I, I don't mean, have any of that, but it is cool. Yeah, their their lounge pants. I, I mean, the, the the killer clowns. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, those are top tier. Um. Oh, I also have a, also... a baseball cap that I wear from them a lot. It's uh the Halloween '78 baseball cap. That mm-hmm. is, I wear that quite a bit. It's it's a cool hat. Um, since we're talking about things we haven't bought yet <laughs> from <Yeah. laughs> Fright Rags also, uh, I really love the silver shamrock t-shirt. <laughs> God damn it. That's in my collection. I have that. I wear it every, uh, every, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I, I think I might sure. need one. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at their Evil Dead Rise stuff. They've just got the cheese grater on a shirt. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I am eyeballing the Texas Chainsaw Lounge pants as well. Me too. Uh, yeah. Those look phenomenal. <laughs> those look great. Uh, and their crow stuff is awesome. Uh, it's just the same artwork. On You can get it in a t-shirt, a hoodie, and they have uh, men's and women's. But it, it just looks so good. Like Anything crow looks great, and but they just captured everything about this movie in a perfect little piece, and I love it. Oh yeah, that is cool. Cool artwork they've got there. Yeah. And Ben goes into that dealing with the artwork, creating the artwork, all that stuff. So I guess we can kick you guys over to that now. Uh, or chat with Ben. And uh, we will wrap it up at the end of the show. We'll catch you after it. And enjoy. Can you hear it? Sorry about that. I was on, my whole computer was on mute. <laughs> we were just complaining about our computers a minute ago before you jumped. So funny, in. I'm sitting there going, "Am I on mute?" And then I saw that my yeah, I was. My bad. <laughs> You're good. How you doing today, sir? Uh, been one of those days, but I'm doing all right. I feel that. Um, our other host Rob, he had some stuff come up quickly, so he's not going to be joining us today. No worries. Probably for the better, to be honest. With you. <laughs> I, I did a little bit of, of reading on you, Ben, <laughs> and I, I kind of fell in love with this bio thing uh, that Fright Rags has going on. I see that your love for the for the genre started watching Halloween in 1981. That's correct. Yep, I was four years old, and it was the television premiere. It was a Friday night movie, October 30th, and uh, yeah, that's what started it all. While I was reading, you said you wanted more. Uh, can you? Because I wanted to start with your passion here, because I feel like everything that's great in anything is created by someone who was a fan and had passion. So, could you maybe talk about a little bit of like what other stuff did you get into? What was like your the biggest things on your horror journey path, if you will? Sure. Um. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, 
I guess it was sort of organic. Like I saw Halloween and again, at four years old, you know, I had not been exposed to anything like that. And this was <laughs> right at the, the sort of the beginning, the very, very beginning of anything having to do with home video. Um, so what I remember early on in those days was seeing Halloween and around that same time, Elvira was actually doing Creature from the Black Lagoon and you could get um, from participating like gas stations or something, you could get 3D glasses because you could watch it in 3D at home, which was pretty wild. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm the youngest of four kids and my brother's being eight and 10 years older than me. My sister is five years older than me. So there's kind of a gap there. But um, I do remember in the early days, my brothers weren't really huge into horror, but, you know, I think I remember them renting Creepshow, like, probably around 82, 83. I mean, it probably would have been 83, because I think what it came out in 82, right? So movies back so. then, yeah, it didn't hit video stores until at least like a year later. But mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I, I just remember little things like that. But then um, we had moved out to the suburbs in 83. And Shortly thereafter, and we had bought a beta machine because Rochester, New York, where I'm I'm from and live now, um, it was like a test bed for VHS and beta. They were testing uh, which format would win. And my dad bought a beta machine. So we would go to these mom and pop video stores. And I just remember looking at the movies that were available, especially in the horror section, and thinking of Halloween and thinking, I want to see somebody in a mask kill a bunch of people. Like, that was sort <laughs> of like, that was like what I wanted to see. So it, if, if it was there, I wanted to see it. So things like Slumber Party Massacre or, um, God, I remember even Splatter University, which is an awful film, even though there's some kind of funny things about it. Um you know, obviously any Friday the 13th, I mean, once I found that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is amazing. Right? <laughs> because Halloween, you know, obviously 1978, Halloween 1 came out, or Halloween 2 came out in 81. So obviously those two I had, and I loved Halloween and Michael Myers, but I only had two Halloween movies to watch, right? So mm -hmm. Friday 13th, there was a new one every year. So that was pretty awesome. So it was just kind of this organic thing on, on a weekend and I would go to the, so we had about five or six mom and pop stores within, you know, only like a four or five mile radius. But the one that I started frequenting the most was about a mile away from my house. It was in between actually where I ended up going to middle school and high school it was right in between there. And I would walk by it every day. And by, I, by the time I was nine years old, it was a really small shop, but like I always rented horror movies there and I would go there and I would try to get a movie and the people would be like, hey, you're too young. I'm like, well, call my parents. And they call my parents. And my parents <laughs> yes, that he can rent it. So by the time I was nine, they actually signed the back of my card. So I could just <laughs> rent whatever I wanted, except anything that was behind, you know, the saloon doors, of course. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of had this weird, like, gold card. As long as I had the money, I could just walk up there and be like, boom, I'm getting whatever I want. So my friends and I would go up there all the time. And in the summer, it was like almost a daily event. And we would watch movies over and over again. So, it, you know, I, I stuck in the slasher genre for the most part, even though I did love you know, zombie films. And I mean, you know, Night Living Dead, I loved and trying to think of like, other movies that stuck out to me. I mean, Silver Bullet was one that I loved growing up. Um, so I mean, it's it I watched almost everything, but I really kind of stuck with slashers. In the early days, I should say, yeah. Right, right. I love that. That that sounds like, you know, young me at a blockbuster, you know, <laughs> right. absolutely. 
in 2003, you, I, I was reading, you started really getting Fright Rags up off the ground. Can you go through the early stages of the company before it was anyone knew what it is now? Sure. Yeah. So 2003, I had, um, long story short, after I graduated high school in the mid 90s, I had gone to college for a year. Um, I was going to study illustration, then I was going to study film. And then I dropped out because I just wanted to play in my band and work. And uh, I did that for a few years. And then I realized I, I kind of fell in love with the idea of graphic design. It's something I had been into prior but with photoshop i I'd, I'd gotten a copy of photoshop 3 and i just couldn't stop using it it was so much fun to like manipulate photos and and create like album covers for the cd's i was burning and stuff like that you know um and i thought wow if i could make a living off this this would be great so around the time i was supposed to be graduating college i actually went back and um for a four year degree in graphic design so i graduated in 2002 got a job here in rochester uh, my girlfriend and i moved in together and um i was you know we were going to get married we were engaged and i was like i don't know i i was sort of kind of bored at my job i mean it was a small uh place i was a, a graphic designer at a graph um i'm sorry a laptop bag company it was a small i mean when i say small company i was the third person hired it was the owner the office manager and me and i was in charge of all the product photography and website and uh print collateral and all these things um which was great because it was like I got to do everything, but it was all based on like a few different types of products, which were cool, but I, it wasn't my passion. So around that time, I had a lot of free time. I mean, aside from working, you know, my fiance and I, we were living in an apartment. We didn't have, you know, a house and kids yet and stuff. So I had a lot of free time and I spent a lot of time online on, on forums because this is pre facebook and instagram and all that stuff so mm -hmm. i would you know be on horror forums and i would you know engage with fellow fans and one of the forums i was on a lot was called night owl forums and it was started by a guy named justin mabry who had gone has gone on since to create trick-or-treat studios which i'm sure you know about Absolutely. um and i became a fan of his work he did the best michael myers masks and we would talk a lot. I mean, he and I would spend, no joke, like seven hours on the phone. Like it was crazy because we were the same age and we just had the same interests and stuff. And I, at the time I was like, you know, I had these ideas. I was sketching out some ideas. I wanted to do something. I just wanted to create something. And I came up with this idea for, um, it was right around the time when what would Jesus do was a big slogan everywhere. It's saw bumper stickers and all this <laughs> stuff. And I thought, well, what would Jason do? And I thought that was clever and funny. And if it was WW with a hockey mask and a D, then people would know what that meant, you know, because it's WWJD, right? It's the same, right. but it's J Jason instead of Jesus. So that's I thought funny. that's that's pretty funny. And I because yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, someone's had to have done this before and I couldn't find any examples. I'm like, well, so I designed it real quick. And Justin was like, dude, you should post that in my forum. I bet people would love to buy that on a T-shirt because I was thinking about making T-shirts. I'm like, you think so? And he's like, yeah, I'll post it for you. So he posted it because I didn't want to like spam his board, you know, and be like, hey, look at my stuff. Right. Because um, I had that. I had a, I took that hockey mask and blew it up on a shirt. And then I took like a really, I mean, this was early days. I made like a Michael Myers looking thing and it said trick or treat on it. And again, it was because I liked quirky T-shirts growing up. I was big into like skateboard and BMX culture. And I liked, you know, like Airwalk and, uh, you know, all those brands and stuff. And 
I and logos and things, but I also loved horror and I never owned like a horror t-shirt other than like a Halloween Anchor Bay shirt that came out in, like 98 or something. And I was like, what if I just make my own? And I looked them up online and the only company at the time that I thought was even remotely cool is Rotten Cotton. But the stuff they were doing, I, I was like, well, I want to do something a little bit different than that. I wanted to, to have a, a humor angle or at least something that didn't have the name on it or something. So anyway, we posted these designs and a bunch of people were like, oh, I'd, I'd buy that. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should think about like making these. So I went online, I found a company that you could just upload a design and buy shirts. It was like, it was ridiculously overpriced. Like, I don't know, at the time, especially 20 years ago, for like $10 for a one color print. But granted, I was only getting 20 of each. So it's probably not that far off, but the shirt blanks weren't that good. But anyway, I decided to get three designs, 20 shirts each. So it was gonna be like 600 bucks. And I, I was remember hovering over the buy now button, you know, and I, I was at my job and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. So I just bought them. And my, my fiance was like, what the hell are you doing? We're trying to save for a wedding. I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm going to sell some shirts. And I'm like, I need to create a website to sell these. Cause I don't know how else to sell them. So I designed a website and I thought, what, what could I even call this? So I was thinking of names and I thought, well, Bright rags sounds cool. It's t-shirts and it's horror. So that sounds cool enough, I guess. I got the domain name and I put it up and I kind of advertised it on Justin's board and started selling some shirts. And from there, just I, I never stopped. <laughs> really. I have kind of a throwback question for you. If you remember, <laughs> did you have like in those early days, did you have any like best selling early designs that just surprised you? Yeah, I mean, again, in the early days, I was doing all the design work myself. And so I remember the What Would Jason Do shirt sold really well. I was out of the three, that was probably the best seller. Um, and funny enough about that design, it, in two years, so it was in 2005, I got a cease and desist from New Line Studio for that mm -hmm. shirt. And it was because I was, and it never, ever said Friday 13th or Jason or anything, but they claimed that they owned the trademark and copyrights on the shape of the hockey mask, the eye holes, the triangles and all that. So to be, <laughs> to be completely honest, I was probably a little cocky, but I said, all right, fine. I'm going to redesign this thing and take out all of your trademarks. If you claim you own the eye shape, I'll change the eye shape. If you claim to own this, I'll change it. So I changed it and it ended up looking almost like a, an alien mask, but you've seen those generic hockey masks at yeah. like at drugstores and stuff around Halloween. They all look kind of weird, but they get the point across. You know yeah, what it you is. You know, yeah. Yeah. So I changed it and I just threw it back at them and said, Look, I took out your trademarks. I'm gonna continue selling this, you know, bye. <laughs> and they were yeah. and I mean, look, that was ballsy at the, especially at the time. And they said, you know, okay, fine, just don't call it Friday 13th, which I never did, because that's a you know copyrighted title. Mm -hmm. And funny thing about that is the day after that, a day or two after that, Hot Topic ended up buying, well, they wanted to place a test order because I was in talks with them. We had sold a Nosferatu shirt into their stores and um, they were interested in that design, but I said I couldn't sell it to them. And then it was funny. Everyone on Justin's board said they hated it. They they thought it didn't look good. And I'm like, no, I get it. It doesn't look great, but it gets the idea across. Well, we ended up selling like 8,000 in Hot Topic. And then Freelander ended up wearing it on 30 Rock, which is pretty rad. So, I mean, that design 
had this crazy life to it for years after the fact. I mean, that's Oh my god, uh, I've seen that chart. Uh, I've seen the episode of 30 Rock. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's awesome. That's like, it was one of my favorite little hidden, I didn't know that was a Fright Rags t-shirt. That's amazing. Yeah, he and I met <laughs> uh, at a convention and we hung out and he loved the shirts and I gave him a bunch and he's like, look, I'm going to wear one of these on 30 Rock. And I'm like, sweet, but I, you know, whatever. <laughs> that I'm not going to hold anyone to that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, that's nice that enough that he even said that. And it was probably a year or two later, I got an email from, was it NBC? And they were like, hey, you need to sign these documents. You got to prove that it's yours, and which I did. <laughs> and then nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, at the time, I don't think I was as into 30 Rock. I mean, I think I, no, I think I was watching it at the time. But anyway, I wasn't watching it that particular night. My brother called me. He's like, dude, your shirt's on TV. And I was like, oh my God. So I went back and watched it. <laughs> And it had some good screen time. Of course, they never said, you know, bright rags or anything, which is fine. But we got so many orders. Like the second it aired, <laughs> I looked in my my email and I was like, oh, my God, people are finding it. They must have just searched what would Jason do shirt. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I have to say it was uh, we got like on the, the local news and it was pretty it was so funny. Like it was, it was a wild time. That is so fun. That is funny. Uh, I'm glad you kind of walked into my next question, though, uh, Ben. <laughs> you were going early on and just you know you're making whatever you think looks cool and you know pulling the ballsy move or standing your ground where you are and all that stuff but now fright racks has grown to such a size where there is licensing involved and you know all that stuff what is it like when fright rags now says hey we want to make a shirt for that oh yeah i mean licensing is absolutely involved yeah. i mean we you know, look, in the early days, I knew to do anything legitimate, it had to be licensed. I just had zero clue as to what, how to even do that and, right. you know, what that entailed. And so over time, you know, you start learning the ins and outs. I mean, a lot, you know, I, I had really small licenses early on that I would start learning things about, like, again, I couldn't afford much. And a lot of these companies wanted you to be an established company. And, and knowing what I know now, there's no way I could have. I could have handled it back then. I mean, we weren't, I mean, I wasn't making any real money. And, you know, I mean, these days with licensing, it's a thing. Like when you work with, say, a company like Universal Studios or most companies, I mean, you have to have, you have to have them on your business insurance. You have to do, there's so many things. I mean, these documents are 20, 30 pages long of legalese that you have to go through and ensure, like, there's so many moving parts you know with the approval mm -hmm. process so as we grew and i started getting some you know licenses and then more, you know these small licenses turned into slightly larger licenses that turn into bigger ones and you start developing relationships with all these studios you know nowadays we've worked with pretty much every major studio and out there um and so it's it's we 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 have currently over 70 titles we license so if you think about that, I mean, that's something where every quarter we have to issue sales reports on all, you wow. know, items we sold. We have to issue royalty payments. Um, deals typically last two years. So every time a deal comes up, you know, if we want to renew it, we have to renew it. And there's money that you have to put up front. It's called an advance against royalties. Um, it's a process. And in even getting designs, like when we want to do a shirt. So um, if we want to do a shirt for, I don't know, you know, Halloween, we have to get approval on that design. So we have to send it, 
you know, to, I mean, we send it to Malik Akkad, the, the son of Mustafa Akkad. He owns Michael Myers, you know, him and his um, guy who works with him, Ryan. I mean, they look at everything we do. I mean, we're good friends with them, which is great. I mean, that they're actually some of the easier ones to work with because it's not this huge studio where you have to upload it to this system and like 10 people have to look at it and you have all these lawyers that look at it and you, you get these sometimes the most ridiculous changes where you're like are you kidding me like this word isn't you know approved and it's like it's the you know what i mean but you can't use the word the in the sentence it's like oh my god um but like and they have to look at it make sure it's approved and you know get samples and all those things so it's a process and it's not believe me it is not easy sometimes especially with new movies when you're trying to get something out in time mm-hmm. for the film to come out that can be an an extra stressor for sure yeah it's scary to think of what what you guys must have to go through for stuff like that and because I, I do follow that because i do find it interesting um even with things like video games you see these you know game companies having to deal with licensing and approvals and artwork is such a thing there i was going to ask you but you kind of went over a little bit the most like what had to be the most ridiculous without saying any names obviously like some of the the biggest headaches of going through that approval process well i'll tell you one and and <clears throat> i don't really mind talking about this because it's more it's more funny than anything so it's not i don't i'm not trying to dog anybody for anything right absolutely um just give you an example like a film like jaws okay jaws is owned by universal but amblin entertainment Steven Spielberg and everybody have to look at our designs to make sure they're okay. And first of all, when you get a license to a film, that doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. Right. Many cases, you can't even use talent likeness. So for example, Jaws, we can't use um, Roy Scheider or um, uh, uh, Robert Shaw or um, Richard Dreyfuss, anything like that. Right. Like you have to just, you basically can use a shark, Right. Now, you can use them in shadow or if they're turned or things like that, but you can't show their face. And again, that's fine. I understand those limitations. That doesn't sometimes it bothers me because you just want to do some cool things. But other times it's actually works in your favor because you have to be more creative in your approach. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. In this case, though, we had a design that we had done where it's Quint, but he's not facing the viewer. He's so he's turned around. So you see his back and he's sort of hunched over at the ready like he's gonna fight and the shark is coming up in front of him because as you know in the movie you know you know the shark comes up over the Mm -hmm. boat and gets him so this is sort of that moment where the shark is coming out of the water he's in the boat and you know i thought it was pretty cool looking and they said hey we don't like this it looks like the shark is about to attack (laughs) like well yeah that's the point and they're like well that's a little too like violent or graphic or whatever and i was like wow you've seen your movie right like that's a pretty bloody scene even for a pg movie and i'm like so and they're like yeah you can't even really show blood or anything and i'm like okay are you retconning the <laughs> film like i mean jaws is one of my favorite movies of all time and it's, it's, it's like the classic and masterpiece and so this was an example of of what they're kind of hoping they're what they're wanting to do with their property. And we just weren't able to do that, which again, I, it, it's fine. It, it just struck me as funny because in this case, we weren't even showing blood. Cause this was after the point where we knew we couldn't show blood. I'm like, yeah, but we can't even show the 
instant like even the approach of this shark about to hurt somebody because that's really what the movie's about (laughs) so it's it's more just i laugh at it more than anything so that's why i share that story because it's funny but there are times where it gets so nitpicky where you're like okay wait a minute like sometimes studios or people that approve start playing art director and you're like wait a minute like (laughs) like okay but we have our own vision and as long as we're not like steering your property your film into an area you don't want it to go in like you know i appreciate that like you 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 keeping us you know in those within those limitations but when you start playing art director sometimes it gets a little like oh come on (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's almost like it's why am i here yeah it's subjective (laughs) at that point it's like look you might not like that but we like it and we this is like we want to do this you know as long as it's not crapping on your property we you know let us do what we feel is is going to sell you know absolutely guys are also moving out you announced i think it was today uh the second wave of halloween figures mm-hmm. i mean what, what's it like getting into that world? because the figure world especially in the horror genre i feel is very deep and in depth and <laughs> fright rags entering that was kind of a big deal you know and i know you guys don't have a ton yet but you, you guys are getting your foot in there is there are you hoping for a future with figures or is this just something cool you wanted to do uh it's a little bit of both so you're right the 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 horror figure landscape is mm-hmm. wide and deep right and look i'm not interested in entering a category where we do the same thing everybody else does because quite frankly like if someone's doing it and doing it well then why why are we getting into that space right so the the whole conversation around figures started with my friend mark who started plastic meatball who is our partner in the figures um, he has a figural background. He worked for Mattel and, and other companies. And so he wanted to start this company, and he, but he wanted to work with some properties. And he and I got together and he's like, well, what could we do together? And that's what started us doing Joe Bob figures. Cause I thought, well, that's going to be an easy one for us to get like approvals and add it. Cause again, when you get a license for a film, you're getting it for certain categories. So if we have it for t-shirts and socks and lounge pants we might not have it for figures and if you want to add figures to that depending on the studio or company it could cost you a ton of money or they might, it, it might or they might not even let you until your renewal so um i thought well what's the easiest one we could do right now to get started and joe bob's the easiest one because we've been working with him for a long time and i thought and, and there's the fans are so rabid for him so i thought well let's try it well it worked out great in fact that we sold the the first thousand figures out like within a day or two um we had to do another run which we changed to shirt color because those were limited and then we did a darcy of course and then we thought you know i know super seven did you know michael myers but that was several years ago i would love to do another michael but you know mark and i were like yeah but we want to do the people the characters that you don't see like Lori or annie or you know linda or you know loomis all these figures like what about the other characters? Like, I'm a fan of, I mean, obviously, it's my favorite movie of all time. I want all the figures, right? Yeah. So, you know, we thought, okay, let's break it up into waves. Obviously, Michael's got to be in there. And then we'll just do Linda and Lori. And then we were already planning on wave two, um, which was Annie and, and Bracket and Loomis, which are coming out next week. So that's kind of the main set. And then, you know, we we have others in the work for that film. But it it is difficult adding 
that category to other licenses because so many people have it. So if another company has, say, three and three quarter inch action figures for a property, they might not let us do it as well. And that's, again, that's fair. But we always approach it from a stance of what can we do that really hasn't been done before? Like, for example, if we were ever to do, like, say, Friday the 13th or something, yeah, Jason would be great, but I want to do Alice or, you know, Ginny from part two or Shelly from part three, right? Now, the problem with that is when you start getting into those characters and certain licenses, unless you get their approval, you won't be able to do it because the companies aren't going to give you the rights to those likenesses. With Halloween, it was fine. We were able to do what we wanted, but um, sometimes those ancillary characters, you're just not going to have the approval. So it, that that's another thing to navigate. So we do have a roadmap for figures within the next two years that will keep us busy. And quite frankly, we're also not trying to release figures every week or anything. So this is very much a, hey, here's a wave of figures. And then several months are going to go by and here's another figure. You know, it's yeah. not, it, we aren't trying to flood the market or just, we're just doing it where we can and, and when we can. And, and if it's going to work out for everybody involved and, and, and if we're having fun doing it, you know, so I wouldn't yeah. say that something where we're going to try to do every possible thing we can we're going to do it wherever we can same thing with trading cards it's, it's you know that's yeah. another hard category to do but as long as we can get the right to do it we'll do them i like that even more you know what i mean like there there is such a lane for you know just because you enjoy doing it you love doing it you want to put it out there there's so, such a world for that too you know like it makes it more of a special thing when when you guys do it yeah, because we're not, I mean, really, we're not trying to, like, overtake that category or do every possible thing that you can do. I mean, we're not trying to make, I mean, you know, it's like a Funko Pop. Like, it's like, okay, we get it already. Everything's been done. Like, it almost becomes <laughs> too much, um, in my mind, at least. I know people love them, and I don't, you know, I'm not harping on anybody who likes them. I'm just, for my opinion, I like doing it where it's like, okay, this makes sense for us. This makes sense in general. Let's go for it. And if it that means it's only three figures a year or two or one, mm -hmm. then fine. I don't, I don't, I don't care. We have plenty of other things that we're doing. Figures are not the primary uh right, you know, you know, product that we sell. They're just fun to do when we can do. And again, that, that goes yeah. for almost anything else because we just love it what we do so much that we just want to have keep having fun doing it. Absolutely. You mentioned the lounge pants too, not please personal request <laughs> please do more lounge pants <laughs> oh we are we are um oh, thank god the part of the issue with the lounge pants is when you get to working with certain factories that their minimum order quantities are kind of high and when you uh, factor in how much inventory you're gonna have to carry and the space they take up and all of these other factors it's like we're we're basically trying to spread it across a couple of different factories we have to work okay so one of the reasons why you have to work at certain factories is certain studios and companies have requirements for the factories you work with outside of the U.S. So if you're working with any overseas factory, you have to be what's called BSCI compliant. There's all these regulations that a factory must meet, requirements that the, the, the factory must meet in order to be approved by the studio so that you can work with them. If you don't get approval, then you cannot work with that factory, and, and that's bad news. So. Mm -hmm. If the factory is BSCI approved, then we can work with them. But a lot of factories aren't. And again, 
the some of those regulations are ensuring that the working environment is you know clean that the people are treated well there's a whole list of things and so if a company isn't bsci compliant well we have to get an audit for that company they have to be audited by a third party auditor and they you know they'll do we've had findings where they're like hey there's a mop in the corner you got to fix that before you're bsci compliant like yeah so i mean it's those types of things so we just have to ensure that we're doing those things on our part so that we're, you know, we're a good partner with our, you know, licensors and things like that. But that's a long-winded way of saying we want to do more lounge pants. We're just trying to figure <laughs> out ways that we can do smaller quantities so we can do more variety, if that makes sense. Love me some lounge pants, let me tell you. They're, they're comfy. I love them, too. Yeah. I'll wear them out. I don't care. <laughs> I will do it. You know, it's funny real, about those lounge pants. My my wife had bought me some black lounge pants years ago, and I just would not stop wearing them around the house. And yeah. uh, I was like, I, I got to make these, but I need, I, I just sent my lounge pants to China. I'm like, can you do these? <laughs> and they're like, yep. And I'm like, cool. And I sent them a design and they sent me a sample. I'm like, done. We're doing them. Because it was so comfy. I love it. I love it. Can I make a request also if Mikey gets a request for lounge pants? Mm -hmm. uh, I want more Shaun of the Dead merch. I ah. go broke every time Shaun of yes. the Dead is in. <laughs> we will, we, I think we have a release plan this year. We're definitely going to be doing more Shaun of the Dead. Um, whether it's a combo of reprints and new stuff or what. But yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing more for sure. I, I, I've got like the socks and a couple of the t-shirts. I'm wearing the hoodie now. Um, oh. They're just, oh. You guys have the the best Shaun of the Dead designs. Ever. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> it's a hard one to do because you can't really use likeness on that one except for like the poster art and stuff. So it's one of those like, okay, how creative can we get with this? So <laughs> there's definitely more we can do with it for sure. Yay. <laughs> do you have a favorite? That that, that kind of that that was one of my my last remaining questions for you too. The, it, we walked right into it again uh <laughs> is there like a thing it, it's got to be impossible to decide but is, is there anything that sticks out to you that that fright rags has done that is just you know that that's your best one mm, it is a hard one i mean we've done thousands of designs and yeah. i'm i'm pretty it's it's interesting i'm pretty critical of what we do in the sense that i mean I love what we do, obviously, and, and not everything we do is something that I keep in my closet. You know, I mean, I have pretty much yeah. one of every shirt because of an art, you know, for an archive's sake. But in my own closet, obviously, I only have a few. And it's funny, the few that I wear, are the ones that I've been wearing for the last several years, I just don't change them out. Like some I change up, but I'm like, I'm just constantly wearing the Halloween ones and I Living Dead and whatever. But it's really hard because, like, I'll buy a shirt from another company and I'll be like, man, this is like they nailed it or something. And then I look at what we do and, and, and I love it, but it's almost like I'm being so critical about everything that it's, it's hard to step away from it. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I usually I come back to like Justin Osborne, who's one of our primary artists. He's, he's the guy, the, the guy's a genius. We've been working with him for about 13 years now. He's just amazing. He's only gotten better. And when I look at his Halloween design he did for us in 2016. It was the second one he had done for us. He did one for the 35th anniversary in 2013, which I thought, oh, it doesn't get any better than this. Like it, this is it. Like we we can just stop now, right? And then he did another one in 2016 with you know Michael up top and Lori's at the bottom on the stairs, kind of looking 
fearful and and scared and i thought oh my god this like sums up this movie so well and it's funny he's even gotten better since then and he did one in 2018 for the 40th which i love too but that's one i keep coming back to and i just love it and we use that as a template for um 2018 because we wanted to have an older Lori standing there you know under michael who's been you know with the aged mask and we even use that as a template for kills and then ends of course because now she's about to fight him so it became this like template for halloween so now you can see the evolution of these from the movies and the designs i just and that was completely on purpose um but it was i don't know i guess i go back to that one although i will say this on top of that one, one of our other artists, Kyle, who Kyle Crawford, who works with us exclusively, he is he does a lot of these um, TV ad designs that I love because they remind me of the old TV guide ads and things. And so he did one for Halloween and it said first time on TV. And he actually used the logo of our when I was growing up, I didn't have cable. So our Fox affiliate channel was um, local channel UHF. Funny enough, because it's like the movie, but UHF channel 31. And we and it, it's no longer around, but he uses that logo on the shirt. So it's almost like a local channel for me. And so it has everything on the shirt that I love. It's one color. It's just one friend that says first time on TV, Halloween, you know, Friday night at eight o'clock with the channel 31 logo, even though it was on eight at that time. Um, and to me, I wear that all the time and I might have to say between that and what Osborne did for the original Halloween. Cause again, that's my favorite movie um, is up there with my favorites. And I think it also kind of is a full circle moment because that's what got me into horror by seeing Halloween when I was four. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm scared now. Cause I was planning on asking you this question then, but <laughs> Now I'm scared to do it because you keep you really ironed in that Halloween's your favorite film. Well, I, I mean, ask away because I mean I can omit Halloween and then we can talk about other things because I, I I will be a no 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 Halloween yeah it it was more of an inside thing on the show no. uh, we recently uh, cat knows where I'm going we're, we're constantly dragging people into our show drama okay that's cool we recently did a tournament and we wanted to, I was planning on getting your your thoughts on this and then. Uh, I'll ask anyway. One of the matchups towards the end, uh, and it was films like best film, best horror mm -hmm. films, and mm -hmm. it was a whole March Madness bracket. There was a matchup that was very, very hot, and it was Halloween, the original Halloween versus the original original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, in terms of what's a better film, what was a better horror film? Ooh. See, okay. It's hard. Like, look, it's hard. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw is again one of my favorite movies. Um, look, it's very hard for me because Halloween is right, very much my favorite. That plays into it. That's fair. But I will say this: I would not. Here's the thing: I would never. If you were to tell me, "Hey, look, Texas Chainsaw is the best horror movie," uh, you know, uh, better than Halloween, I'm not going to argue with you because you would have your own take on it, right? Like you, right. I mean, it's all subjective, of course. Right. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. They're both masterpieces in their own right. So to me, I'm like, they're both amazing. So if you're saying, "Hey, you were four and you saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that got you into horror," well, then I would say you should say Texas Chainsaw Massacre because yeah. that's definitely the better movie, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, 
I do think it's just so hard because they're so different, but they're yeah. so different in amazing ways where John Carpenter's film is slow and plodding and, and atmospheric. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just brutal and visceral and you can smell that film you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you can smell it you can feel the heat coming off the off the film that moment where he comes out of the house and grabs um what's her name from the porch mm-hmm. like that is it's still a hard movie to kind of watch sometimes you know what i mean i mean i've seen it countless times and it's funny my son watched it a couple of years ago and i was he's been into horror movies he's 13 now but this was probably when he was around i don't know 10 11 years old and he actually kind of got bored with it which <laughs> i first of all it was on a smaller tv i should have had him in like our theater room with the surround sound so he could like totally get immersed in it but even then like he's seen but he's seen modern horror movies like it and other films where they're just they're for i guess a mo- more modern audience mm-hmm. just like halloween halloween is kind of slow and in and, and basic compared to newer movies even though i still think it works i also understand why people maybe don't find it as scary because that's the movie that started the tropes you know of a lot of slasher films so i mean look my answer is going to be halloween but i don't begrudge anybody that says texas chainsaw massacre is their favorite of the two that's what our co-host that that's not here, Rob, said too. And then once Except Halloween, for he left. Yeah, once <laughs> Halloween officially lost, he threw a fit and left. <laughs> so. Wow, I mean that's a that's that's a bit of a harsh reaction. I mean, look, like I said, it's it's my favorite movie of all time. But I I it, because these things are so subjective, I never really like crap on anyone. Be our third co-host. <laughs> yeah let's do it this is the attitude that we need for the brackets that's what i mean like i mean we all come from our we all have our own stories we all have our own things our paths to this so to me i just never i've never wanted to like argue with people about what's better and what's not you know i i i mean i think there's sometimes it's fun to have a a healthy sort of banter on things and that's of course a debate yeah Yeah, it's fun to debate things because why not but man to actually get upset or anything like this. <laughs> me, I'm like, really? <laughs> like, yeah. I got other things going on in my life. I don't need to be upset about this. You know, this is my happy place, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, ben, thank you so much for your time today, sir. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Would you? Can you tell us something? Maybe like what? Like I said, you guys announced the Halloween figures today. Is there anything else that you want everybody to know about Fright Rags? Uh, tell them where they can find you. All that stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, our website is uh, fright-rags.com, um, and you can find us on social media. Uh, it's just at Fright Rags, all one word, um, on Twitter and Instagram, and even TikTok for as much as we're on that, which isn't a ton, but, you know, try it a little bit. Um, other than that, you know, we've got a bunch of stuff coming. I mean, we're constantly releasing stuff. Um, I will say that next month, we are going to be celebrating Killer Clowns from Outer Space 35th anniversary with some really cool um, new things that we've got in the works that we've backed a couple of things we've never done before, which is going to be kind of fun. Um, and um, we're actually, it's, it's we're finally getting, and I, I don't know if we've teased this at all. We certainly haven't teased any designs, but in terms of teased it at all, we're actually, we're going to be doing Frankenhooker. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. We were just talking about that not too long ago. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's our first time working with it uh, officially. We actually just got all of our designs approved today. It was like the literally quickest approval we've ever had in our lives. Like it was within four minutes of sending the email uh, oh and we got approval. So that was pretty amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, a lot of stuff coming up. The Halloween 2 game that we teased several months ago is finally almost ready to be released on Kickstarter. And we're hoping to announce that in a couple of weeks as well. Nice, nice. I also uh, the Evil Dead Rise and the the Joe Bob too. I know it was a very recent release that looked great. Oh, so. thanks. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise was uh, that was a that came down to the wire, but I'm really happy that everything got yeah. and we got it printed in time for people to wear it this weekend. And Joe Bob, you know, he's just great to work with, and we're always happy to do new stuff. We did puppy stickers with him, and we have new puppy stickers coming out next week for other films: um, Night Living Dead, Monster Squad, Creepshow Two. We're gonna be doing more of those. Um, and yeah, man, and Joe Bob starts this weekend, so it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, is there anywhere people can find you personally you want to let them know? Or yeah, I mean, my email is just Ben at frightrags.com. And again, it's it's fright-rags.com. If everyone wants to contact me personally, that's cool. Or I I'm usually in the one in the DMs for Twitter and uh Instagram as well. So I I mean we have a customer service team and they take care of a lot of that stuff, but I'm always checking the comments. I'm always checking those things because I want to I want to see what people are saying. You know, I mean, it, you know, it's nice to know the good and the bad. You know, I want to mm -hmm. know what, if there's an issue. I want to know if people are having problems or something, because then we can address it again. I have a great, wonderful team of people that help and do all these things. But, you know, I don't want to be away from what's happening because you know if i see something like just just a quick example today i was on twitter and someone was really upset they couldn't get their evil dead rise shirts for their show tonight for the movie tonight and i didn't realize that they're because she they asked if, if they could order like it was a weird thing but they said they could get them from the store and i'm like well we don't have a store like we don't mm -hmm. we have an office and warehouse but we don't have a storefront but anyway She's local, and I realized that. And I was like, "Oh, I'm like, well, we really, really don't do local pickup. It's just kind of like a thing." So, um, I said, "You know what?" I contacted my warehouse supervisor. I'm like, "Look, we got this woman. She really wants to wear these shirts tonight." I'm like, "You know, let's just do this one-time thing. Let her pick them up. She can order online, and we'll give her free shipping, so she doesn't have to pay shipping for something she's picking up." And it, again, it was like kind of a a one-time thing we did because it was a mm. it was waiting circumstance and she was over the moon about it because she got to wear her shirts tonight you know and yeah it's it's a small thing and again we have we're busy it's hard to like have people just be coming into our warehouse and you know hanging out or something so we don't want to open it up like that but in this case like if you're gonna swing by and just get a package it's totally cool and she was she was you know grateful for that but i was just happy we were able to help her out so you know stuff like that where you see it, you, you try to help, you try to, you know, brighten someone's day and, and move on, you know? Absolutely. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause that does mean something, you know, you're going to an event, you want to, you want to be the, sure. yeah. It, 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 in horror, especially. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So it was, it was I'm just glad we were able to do it and now she can wear the shirts tonight and I get it. Cause I, I would want the same thing if I could, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to head over to the Fright Rags Twitter to spam lounge pants. <laughs> uh thank you so much though ben we appreciate you, your time very much today sir and thank you for all the hard work you put in with you know fright rags is awesome man we love you guys 
Well, thank you for having me on and thank you and everybody listening for their support because, you know, without that, we couldn't do this. So we we greatly appreciate it as well. Thank you. Well, again, your time has been very appreciated and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. As I mentioned earlier, Slasher10 promo code at checkout, FrightRags.com. Get yourself 10% off your order. We appreciate Ben and FrightRags for doing that. Uh, that's pretty awesome of them. We are huge fans of FrightRags, as you guys have known, if you've listened to us any type of regularly. So being able to be involved with them on any level is, it doesn't get much better than that for us. That was an awesome chat. Ben Scrivens is amazing. We appreciate him coming on, giving us some of his time. Fright Rags, by far, in a way, is like, I, I mean, I, I don't, I can't think of any company that even comes close to touching Fright As far as horror no. merch. Yeah, when you're looking for horror merch, that's the first place you go. Yeah, and it, it could be the only place you go. Like, they have, like, damn near, like, as far anything that is, like, the big dogs, they have damn near all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been looking for, like, horror merch and gone, first of all, to somewhere before I went to Fright Rags. And I don't think I've ever had to go to a second location. Because <laughs> even when I don't, you know, if I'm looking for something specific and they don't have it in stock, it always recommends me something else that's, you know, fantastic. Right. And one thing that we didn't touch on uh, when we were talking about the different stuff that we liked that they had on their site or whatever is the quality of the products. Like, yes. I mean, I've got oh t-shirts God, yeah. from them that I've had for years now that, that look like they're new. Yeah. That's the thing too, that I think people forget is you see a lot of places where you can get a lot of different horror merch and you know, the, the, the list is endless that of places you can go. A, the quality for sure. Uh, it's not like you're getting something off Redbubble or anything like that, not to knock it, but it's true. And not only that, it being officially licensed is such a big deal, man. Because you know you talk about the, the the you can talk about the companies and the the rights holders and everything. You, you you're doing it the right way with them getting their just due on that end, sure. But it's just there's such a higher quality as far as the the artwork that goes into it, you know, because it it has to be great, it has to be perfect because you're dealing with the people who own it. You know, so it's just you, you just get quality all the way around. I also noticed uh, they tweeted 10 hours ago from uh, us recording this now, but they are going to be releasing merch for Slumber Party Massacre and When a Stranger Calls. Oh, oh. that's cool. Yeah. Wow. I was just looking. I, I got a Maximum Overdrive shirt from them recently, too. And they have a really sweet Maximum Overdrive hoodie that I want. Yeah. But that, that's one of the things, too. They do the zip up hoodies, which I love. I love zip up hoodies. Yeah. I'm a big fan of those. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That psycho one, I, I must own. That thing, yeah, amazing. Anyway, so make sure you go follow Fright Rags uh, at Fright Rags on Twitter. Obviously, Fright Rags dot com. Just Google them; <laughs> you won't have a hard time finding. Them. <laughs> Thank you again to Ben for hopping on with us. We appreciate him. Hopefully, we can have him on again in the future. Yeah, hopefully, if we do, I, I can be there. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, also, follow the show at Slasher Radio on Twitter. 
uh, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash slash radio. You get uh, an additional show every week, Easter egg content, and an ad-free version of the show every week. <laughs> this week, our Patreon show was Rob <laughs> got a bunch of AI-generated scripts for what would a computer think slash a radio is. It was eventful. It was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Can can we spoil by saying there was a stabbing? Yeah, that's that's. I think that's fine to say. I think that goes without saying, actually. Yeah. 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 Kind of how this show goes. It goes borderline. <laughs> uh, yeah, check this... that out at patreon.com slash slasher radio. Um, we do something new. Well, it's a whole another episode, and uh, it's more often than not a tour related. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we step outside that and just do something kind of fun. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. I feel like it tracks with us, though, because, I mean, we are very much a horror comedy platform. So, yeah. you know, it's always uh, everyone likes to laugh. Everyone needs to laugh. I feel that's very important in life. And, you know, we try and have a good time. And it's bad. Like the the community on Patreon, as much as they are buttholes a lot of times, they are great. And uh, they let us have a lot of fun. And that we love that. Yeah. yeah so. it's, a, it's a good time. And I, I was pretty happy with the way that, uh, that the AI thing turned out. But uh, like I said, I'm sure that uh, people our patrons in here will let us know so maybe we'll do that again maybe not i don't know and yeah, something was more happy than others yeah it's always like whenever you do a new thing it's always like how's this gonna go you know yeah sometimes it um doesn't take off and the interest isn't there like we thought it would be and sometimes you end up having to do a show called sexy time with rob and it doesn't end and your search history is tarnished forever <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've tried to kill that show a few times. Popular demand keeps bringing it back, so. We probably have to do that sooner than later, don't we? I don't know. Have to is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always, it's one of those things where it's a regret, but at the same time, I, I kind of wouldn't change it in a way. I'd change <laughs> a little bit, but not entirely, because goddamn, man, it, it is a trip. But, uh, yeah, patreon.com forward slash slash radio. Support indie horror. Support the show. The more you support, the more we can do for you. And I'm on Twitter at MikeBeastDead. Rob, where they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RadioRob123. That's where you can anonymously send all your Tony Danza <laughs> no! fun fact memes. You said no more. Twice yeah, that's now. right. That's right. Till next week. <laughs> Not till next week. No more, period. No mas. Please. Till next week. Kat, where are they finding you? You can find me on Twitter at cat underscore velour V O L E U R. You don't have to send me Gabagooly memes because I have like a year's worth. <laughs> so you can also check out my website, catvalor.com. Pre order my book. It irritates Mikey. <laughs> it irritates you that people pre order her book, Mikey? I don't, here's the thing I don't think it would irritate him, but when the. People know that stuff does irritate him. They oh, seem more oh. likely to do it. It's just a marketing <laughs> tactic. Okay, that's, that's a good. That's a strong <laughs> ploy, Cat. That is. Yeah. I, was gonna, I mean, I pre-ordered it. I heard that, and I just ordered it right away. <laughs> Listen, do not go to catvalor.com and pre-order <laughs> her book called Revenge Art because uh, I don't want you to. And if you do that, it will personally hurt me, annoy me, and aggravate me. Don't go to capboard.com and pre-order Revenge Art. Don't do it. Okay. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a huge spike in sales. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? <laughs> I, I demand a percentage if it happens. <laughs> like Don't worry about the percentage, Mikey. If this goes well, we're all going to be living together in Jeffrey Dahmer's house. <laughs> yeah, if I when I sell a million copies of this book. All right, every week. Now I'm doing my part now and making that, that every <laughs> thing happen. <laughs> that's it. All right, that that's it for this week. Again, thank you to Ben Scrivens. We appreciate him. Fright Rags, Fright Rags, Fright Rags. One last time, slash your 10 promo code at FrightRags.com. Get yourself 10% off your order. Uh, next week, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but it's my movie pick. And we're back to talking about movies. I'm still not sure how we landed on you get to pick a movie. I mean, you picked Paranormal Activity, and we all talked about it. He's had a rough go of it lately. It's been down through no fault of our own, but still. All right. Uh, a little bit. You, you guys made me watch nope. Trailer Park Shark. It was a little faulty. Though. That nope. was a, that was a trade. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus Christ. Also, I had not seen it. I did not know that it was going to be the way that it was. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very good. <laughs> I wasn't going to like it regardless, let's be honest. Yeah, but if it had been, you know, something amazing like bad CGI sharks, I would have taken hmm. full responsibility for it. Oh, the responsibility factor. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well I'm still up in the air on what my pick is going to be, but you're not going to want to miss it, so come back, check it out next week. Good night from Slasher Radio. We didn't talk about whether or not this is Alley Month Part 2 or not. Uh, No. It's not Alley Month Part 2. There is no Alley Month. There was no Alley Month to begin with. So, no. Why oh, Mikey wants two? to start over Alley Month. <laughs> All the best with Slasher Radio Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.